Hey everyone, and welcome to the Thrive 24 podcast. Today, we are joined by fellow coach and friend, Nick Screeton. Nick is a dad of two and helps guys get incredible results all across the globe. And if you do want to find Nick, you can find him on Instagram at, at LEPFitness. Today, we go over the importance of being an in-shape dad. So let's get into it. One of the biggest reasons I actually wanted you on today, Nick, was because you are a dad in the fitness industry. And to be honest, I think the coaching business in general is just mainly built up out of people within like their mid-20s, no kids, no real sort of responsibilities. And I think that that gives an unrealistic view to people who are maybe, you know, coming into 30s, they've got children, they've got a busy life. And it just is difficult for them to relate to that type of person who is maybe, you know, free time, go to the gym all the time, can even, you know, there's as I said, there's no responsibilities for them. For you, obviously, I know you've got, I think you've got two children, haven't you? Yeah, Nora and Darcy, yeah. And, well, you were, were you into fitness before then? Yeah, I've been training since I was about 14 years old. I'm 35 now. So fitness has been pretty much a part of my life. Yeah, throughout. Yeah. So when your little ones came along, what do you think then? Did the things change for you? You know, did you have to change how you approached your health and fitness? Massively. I mean, when Noah, Noah's six now. So when Noah was born, it I had no clue what it was like to have kids. I just saw the rosy sides of kids, like being a dad. I, I loved the thought of being a dad. But then Noah came along. And all of a sudden, the attention goes on to him. So you're tired, sleepless nights, feeding, waking up, your sleep cycles completely knackered all the time. So that was a massive shock. Then you've got the financial responsibility as well, because you've got to work harder. You've got this incentive to provide for your kids. So for me, the, the two hardest things in my life has been one, setting up a business and two, having kids. They've also been the two best things in my life as well. Mm-hmm. But it was a massive shock to the system and I knew that health and fitness was always going to be important. I'm always going to train throughout my whole life. But I realized that I had to change my approach, not to how I trained, but to how I did things and to like lower my training volume. I couldn't just be that guy that was going to go to the gym and train six, seven days a week and smash myself for two or three hours. I had to reduce my sets. I had to reduce, you know, how much stress I was placing on my body and start looking at recovery. I think up until having kids, I didn't have to worry about recovery because I was younger. I was recovering you know, just naturally I could have the weekends off to put my feet up. When, when you have kids, all of a sudden, it's very little downtime. So, yeah, definitely had to change my approach. When you were like, oh, I've seen little one came along and all of a sudden your sleep was thrown up in the air, your nutrition was probably not as good as what it could have been. When you were during, when it was during that period, what kind of drove you to carry on being in shape? What drove you to still actually make sure that you were at least given 80% yeah, a couple of things. One is obviously the business, what with being a coach, like you have to practice what you preach. And the second thing was like my standards did drop when Noah was born. I found it harder with Noah because it's my first child compared to with Darcy. That was like a walk in the park because I'd already had that experience with, with Noah. But I just realized that the first three to six months I was eating more rubbish. It was a massive shock to the system, mentally, physically, emotionally. And it just got to the point where it's like, hang on, I'm not practicing what I preach. I'm noticing my energy dip in. And actually, what dad do I want to be? You know, do I want to be one of those dads that's turning up in the park, you know, wearing sketches, out of shape, not feeling good about myself? Yeah. Or do I want to be like dad that, you know, Noah comes out of school, he runs out, 
and he's, he's he's proud to see his dad. We go to the park, we play football, and he looks up to his dad like he's a superhero. So for me, the drive of staying in shape to this day is about, I've got lots of different drivers, but one of them is I want to be around for my kids as long as possible. And I realised that once my standards were slipping because of the shock to the system, I realised that I didn't want to continue down that path. And also there was the responsibility to my clients. I realised I need to level up and I needed to change my um, way I was handling things really. And what, what did you do from that situation then? So obviously you realised, okay, I, I think that was a huge question as well that you mentioned, by the way, is the fact, the fact of what dad do I want to be? You know, yeah. and I, this is something, even though I don't have kids and it'll be a little while, uh, I hope anyway, it'll be a while, um, is the question I ask myself is like, pretty much on a regular basis, I go, what would my future kids be thinking about me right now if I'm not performing, if I'm not living up to the standards that I'm setting? And he said, even without having kids, because I know it's something I do want in the future, it's always in the back of my mind. So I can imagine that when you do have kids, it's right at the forefront. Is okay, what dad do I want to be? How do I want to, how do I want them to perceive me? What steps did you, when you realize, okay, okay, things aren't going as well as they should be. But at that point, I bet you were still training. You were still given a good 50, 60% effort overall. What then did you then do to make sure you were getting back back that 100%? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. I think looking back, it was a case of I'd hit quite a low point because it was a shock to the system. And again, we won't go into this maybe too much today, but I used to suffer a lot with like binge eating. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff you know, that I've worked on over the last couple of years is like my relationship with food. But when Noah was born, because of the emotions and because I was unable to like handle certain situations, I was turning to food as a coping mechanism. And I just continued on that path. And then I think I'd had like a bit of a binging episode within about six months to Noah being born. And I just woke up and I was like, enough's enough. I need to draw a line in the sand. This isn't the person that I'm going to become anymore. So I started getting back into the gym again, training three to four times a week, doing full body sessions. And again, just reigniting my fire, just focusing on the person that I wanted to become. And um, that was a big, big difference, just changing and finding my love for training as opposed to forcing myself to do it for the aesthetics. And I'd come from a bodybuilding background and, you know, doing all that stuff that young guys have done. So I think prior to that point, I was that coach that was in the gym. My whole life was fitness. Then I had this shock to the system when my son was born. And I realized like my life had changed. My circumstances had changed, but I wanted to re kindle my love for training again so that's what I started to do and I started to work on my mindset I realized I needed to grow because there was some things that were holding me back um and I think that's one of the things that kind of led me to this personal development I realized that the training and nutrition was only a small part it was actually the psychology and working on things working on demons that were holding me back up until that point so it's a massive slap in the face there's a much bigger issue here this has kind of uncovered the situation and having my son just maybe realize that I needed to do some work on myself, basically. So, yeah, it's been an ongoing process, to be honest with you, the last six years or so. But I'm coming into development as a dad now, and I feel like uh, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, good, amazing. It's it's a thing. Is it always going to be? It's always a learning journey, and there's always stuff to learn, always stuff to improve on. And I think that the mindset is a key part of it. And I think that as men, as as dads especially, you can seem to get caught up in forgetting about what's important. And that is normally yourself, making yourself the priority. And a lot of dads, a lot of parents in general seem like that, uh, say that that seems selfish. 
how can I look after myself as a priority when I've got kids? But then you also then realize if you make yourself the priority, your kids are going to have a better version of you. And once you link that all of a sudden and you're performing better, your kids are looking up to you more. They want to get involved with you more. And it doesn't feel like this sort of um, way, like stuck in the mud and nothing's actually changing. I think as men, especially, we need to have something, some sort of, some sort of personal development constantly in our lives, whether it be mindset, whether it be fitness, whether it be whatever. And I think it goes through phases. I think one phase is like you smash your, your fitness, then that slows down. You still train, you still do whatever, but then maybe you focus on, as you said, like something like um, personal development with your mindset, thinking about, you know, how you deal with stress. Maybe it might be emotionally and there's something you've struggled with, getting to the bottom of it, your relationship with food, understanding why it's like that and all things um, like that. As you um, said as well, you know, you've struggled with things like your relationship with food, that obviously then came into the forefront of your mind when you had your kids because you were struggling. It was, it was quite stressful, especially at the start. When you had your um, second child, do you think that was all made a lot easier because you had learned from the experience? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, the, the personal development stuff that I've done has got me to the point that I am today. And that was, yeah, with Darcy, it was a, it's been a walk in the park. And I think it's because I've gained experience as a dad and I've learned a lot about myself for me the kids have been the greatest teacher mm. of my life today. You know, building a business and having kids have been the two hardest things, but the two best things and the two biggest teachers as well. And just coming back to what you said about becoming a dad, there's two kind of common traits that I see with dads at the minute. You've got the dads that are almost playing the mum role and they lose themselves because they're so focused on bringing up the kids. But then you've also got the dads that are the workaholics and they're spending the time grafting, but they're not looking after the health. So I think that's probably like the two with, with the guys that I coach that are dads. They're coming from good places. They either want to be fully involved in their lives or they're not really involved in the kids' lives, but they're providing the finances. But as a consequence, they're neglecting themselves. And by neglecting themselves, they're not they, they are the person at the end of the day. And if the captain's not in the best place controlling the ship then the ship's not going to be run as efficiently as possible. So I think, again, realising that your health and fitness supports absolutely everything that you do in your life, especially bringing up kids, is 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 incredibly important. So I just thought I'd kind of drop that into the to the conversation. 100%. What would you say is, a, is like the perfect definition of a dad? Well, again, my definition, I think it's important, like I've got a definition. I suppose everybody's got a different definition of what they mm -hmm. think is, is a good dad. Like when I look at my relationship with my dad, I think a lot of the things I struggle with have been to do with the relationship that I've had with my dad. And I love my dad to bits. He's a really successful guy. He loves me and my sister dearly. But my dad, for me, wasn't around as much as I wanted him to be. So for me, time is something that I value massively with my kids. Mm -hmm. And there's the five love languages. There's a really good book called Five Love Languages, I think it's called. And it's basically like we can give our love to people by giving them time, by giving them acts of service, by physical touch, um, words of affirmation, saying nice things, and then materialistic things like finances. So for me, the definition of a dad is trying to give my kids those five things as best mm. as possible. So spending time with my son playing football, telling him how much I love him and that he's good enough no matter what he's doing and just reassuring him, building Lego with him, doing those acts of service and stuff like that. So for me I, I want to try and give my kids those five elements and um, so that's kind of my definition of of being a good dad just being present being there 
and also being the best version of yourself because how can I expect my kids to be the best version of themselves and to be happy if I'm not the best version of myself and if I'm not happy so there's a huge incentive for me to be selfish and for me to to do the things that are important to me because I'm going to be in the best position to be able to to help them I think a lot of people that then even have that backwards as I said before because they think well if I make if I do everything for my kids um and put myself on a bit of a back burner that they're going to get the best but actually that's the complete opposite if you're performing at your best you give you give them even better um it's something you know I when I look back at my relationship with my dad so my dad um, passed away when I was 13 but a lot of the stuff that he'd done whilst I was growing up is ingrained inside of me. And it's, you don't realize it until you get a bit older and you do some like deep diving into how you feel and how you act. And for me, it's things like, so my my dad was a consultant psychiatrist. And so he had a really good job. He was really hard work and he wasn't around as much as we would have liked, but he was out there making money, giving us a good life. And for me, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, why did, Why is it that I have this drive to start a business? Why is it I have this drive to make sure that I'm helping people like he did? And it's all this inside of me. And all of a sudden, you think to yourself, well, what a good role model a person actually is and how much of an impact it actually has on you when you do grow up. And when, you know, someone like you, Nick, when you're, you know, you're performing in front of your kids day in, day out at a high standard, you might not see the changes in them now. But when they're like 17, 18, getting into their sort of, you know, turning into more of an adult, all of a sudden you'll start to notice how much they just like you and how much they learn from you. Um, I had a client of mine even recently say, you don't realize how much your kids actually do listen. But he was he had a phone conversation with his friend. Next thing you know, his son's repeating the exact same thing on Xbox to his friends. And you think to yourself, oh my God, they actually, they're, they're so clued in on on the people around them and especially you know you'll always look up to your dad you'll always look up to that person so if you're the sad truth is if you're there overweight out of shape you know um sat there in front of the telly all the time come home from work don't even really speak to the kids don't spend time with them don't go out to the park with them go don't don't go and play football with them it's going to have a massive effect on them in, in the future um a real negative effect and i think it's one of the biggest traits that I get from highly successful people is that you always learn from past experiences. So like, for example, we've learned from what's happened with our parents. We've learned from, you know, like, for example, you had your first child, you know, that was then in your mind, a learning experience for for the future. And I think it's key to always look back at them past experiences as well, because it allows you then to have evidence to then go forward and perform better. But, one thing I wanted to go over, you mentioned time, and this is a love language time with your kids, but I think time in general as a parent is huge. Would you say structure is up there with probably the, one of the most important pillars of your, like, part of your, like, routine? What time with the kids? No, just, like, your structure of how you actually structure out your days, how you structure out your life. Do you think that's, that's you know, of utmost importance when you do have kids? Yeah, structure is absolutely key. And I think this is one thing that I really, really struggle with when Noah was born again. I was one minute being a dad and changing a nappy. And the next minute I was trying to be a coach and give somebody professional advice. So the boundaries were very much blurred. So for me, <coughs> excuse me, structure is absolutely imperative. And my family know my work routine. I know when I'm there for the kids, when it's kids um, shows on at school, like they've got a Christmas show. 
I, I book in the important events. Work, full transparency comes first, Monday through to Friday, unless the kids are sick. I am fully focused on work, but then the weekend comes, that is my family time. My work phone goes, I, I, I have like a sign on my office, which is like open and closed. And I close it like a shop just for me to say, basically, there's no work going on, you know. Um, so, yeah, structure is, is absolutely key. Knowing when I'm training, when I'm working, when I'm with the kids. And don't get me wrong, those lines get blurred at times. Kids get sick. Situations happen where you've got to put your both hands on the wheel and focus on the business. But 80% of the time, that structure stays in place. And that's what allows you to, to thrive. And I think that's what I've got right, especially the last couple of years my structure and my boundaries have been in place and that's allowed me to become successful in business as a dad and to have a physique, you know, where I'm lean all year round. So, but I've learned through a lot of failures, a lot of messed up situations basically, but I'd say it's pretty, pretty dialed in now. Good. I think it's one of those, it's, it's the little, the little failures teach you a lot to be able to be like, okay, actually I need to change this structure. Maybe, maybe this time for me to work is not right. Okay. Then I'll do this time instead. It's the adaptability around it all as well. Yeah. Something that I've had a lot of conversations with, with my guys and they always find that half terms are nightmares and they struggle big time with it. And one thing I mentioned to one of my clients recently was he still had high expectations work-wise during half terms. And I had mentioned to him, I was like, you've, you've got to understand that you're putting a lot of stress on you because you've put such high expectations for you to still say, for example, earn the same amount of money that you did during a, a week without half term, without having to deal with the kids to this to the same week. And I said, it's unrealistic. So what we done with him, which actually just helped him out so much, we just decreased the expectations. We said, okay, what can we expect in that week of half term for you to call that week a success? Once he started doing that, he found that much easier. But how do you deal with things like half terms? Well, it's come at a perfect time because we've just finished a half term this last week. So I'll kind of tell you what I've done over the last week. But half terms are definitely tricky with the kids, you know, in the sense of you're not going to be as productive. But a bit like what you've just said then, it's understanding that there's going to be times where you push, there's going to be times where you maintain, and there's going to be times where you pull back. So knowing what gear that you're in and accepting, yeah, there's going to be pros and cons to both situations. But in terms of like how I manage half terms, I always ask myself before the half term, Hey everyone, just a quick intermission. I hope that you are all loving this podcast so far. And just to let you know, there's something exciting in the works coming up on my Instagram page. So please do make sure to drop me a follow at coachgel underscore. What is going to be happening is I'm going to be offering out a free coaching scholarship worth £5,000. So if you want to keep up to date and also want to get involved in this, go over, follow my page, and you'll be updated with more soon. Right, let's get back into it. How do I want this half term to be? Like, what are my key outcomes? And for me, it's usually spend quality time with the kids, get some activities in. What's going to be the minimum number of training sessions I'm going to do? Make sure I get my steps in. And also from a work point of view, what's the top priorities? And anything outside of that, I don't do. So last week, I was up at six o'clock every single day. I did a work block pretty much six till nine o'clock, just key tasks. And then from nine o'clock until five o'clock, I will be fully present with the kids. Then from five till six, just tie up any loose ends. So I was probably still working four hours a day. I was still doing a training session. You know, I, think, I still think I trained four times last week. But more of my time is spent towards the kids and all the extra stuff that I would usually do, I don't do. So it's it's managing your expectations and knowing that 
sometimes you have to come out of the chaos to sharpen the saw. You know, Kieran O'Neill, who we're both familiar with and um, the mindset coach, talks about the importance of pulling back and exploring other areas of your life. Because I've noticed even today, I've come back, I'm more creative. I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready now to smash the next eight weeks between now and Christmas. So I know what it's like being a high performer and being addicted to that kind of success and getting to that next level. But you've got to sometimes, like you said, manage expectations, figure out what's the bare minimum. But I think it's like anything. What do you want to get from the week off, half term? What's the minimum you're going to do? And it's planning, it's structure, it's it's planning ahead. I, th- I think st- structure is key in regards to all of this. The planning ahead is huge. And it, it doesn't take, you know, realistically 30, 45 minutes to sit down on your phone, on your laptop, even a piece of paper and write down. In general, you kind of want to do for the week. You know, anyone listening who well, for the next half term, which is coming up, which who knows got when that is, I, I don't know. I don't have a clue. But... Um, Okay, yeah, so it'll be a, a good a good two weeks off. But in that, when it comes to, you know, time off like that, then just have a sit down, write down, even whether it be now, write down exactly kind of how you want it planned. But one thing I see a lot with men that they then do struggle with is then when things are, don't go to plan. So, yeah, you have your structure, half term, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, and maybe something comes up and they have to be adaptable to that. How do you deal with situations like that? So say, for example, so something comes up out the blue and you're like, oh, that's ruined my gym session. How do you then kind of be like, okay, let's change this? Yeah, I think this is a fantastic question because you're absolutely right. Like things come up all the all the time as a dad. And again, this is something that I've only just gotten good at recently, probably the last six to 12 months, because life does throw curveballs at you. And I'm very like OCD. I'm very like controlled with everything that I do. And I think consistency, like, most people that come successful in life has been the biggest key to my success for the last 15 years. I have been consistent with my training, with my work, with how I um, save, you know, and invest and stuff like that. So that's been my biggest attribute, but then having kids has thrown spanners in the work. So I think what you said, it's that ability to adapt. And is that saying everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. It's that ability to be like, okay, I've got an hour gym session planned, but I'm not going to be able to do that. So can I just do 50 push-ups? Now, 50 push-ups isn't going to make up for an hour gym session, but it's not about the gym session. It's about you being able to adapt and to be able to overcome and just to put that pound in the piggy bank. It's that intention to yourself that you know what this hasn't gone to plan but I've done this instead and that's where the character you know I noticed the picture behind you is that that success picture with the iceberg absolutely love that it's those kind of things that nobody sees and it's that ability to be like right I've got this plan it's gone tits up pardon the French but I'm going to go and do this instead like I'm going to go take the kids that ability to come out and stop reacting and look at it from a neutral situation and say Mm. this is what I'm going to do instead so um, I think it's more of a mindset thing when chaos ensues, how quickly can you stop, pause and do the next best thing? Or sometimes just let go and just remember it might just be one day, it might be one week. You know, the kids half terms, 12 weeks of the year, that's still a small percentage of time. And if you're doing everything right, 70, 80 percent of the time, you know, it's, it's this striving for for progress rather than perfection. Better to be consistently good than occasionally great is it's recognizing that these things are going to come up. But how do you respond to them? And what's your overall average? Because if you've got a success average of 70, 80%, you're doing really freaking well. 100%. I think when it comes to it, one thing that you even said about before was 
okay, well, what can I still do to push forward? If you, for example, you have to miss your uh, gym session, well, what can I do? Ask yourself that question. Don't sit there and be in a slump and be like, you know, get frustrated or angry about it. I, I know a lot of men who will usually get passive aggressive about not being able to do what they needed to do. Well, just look, take, take a little minute, zoom out from where you are right now and be like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to help move the needle forward? Even if it's, you know, not, not as you said, not going to be what the, our, our gym session is going to be worth. However, if you maybe take the kids out for a longer walk and you then smash your step goal by an extra 5,000, well, that's still you moving the needle forward. And I think w- we get too zoned in. I think we got to, as you said, look at, look at the fact that there's 52 weeks in a year. If you're performing for 70, even 75% of that, you're going to get in unbelievable shape. You're going to look really good. You're going to feel really good. You can't expect every week to be perfect. And I, I always say to my clients, it's like a fluid movement. So you've got to realize then some things will take more, uh, more of your time. Some things will take less of your time. You can, it changes week to week. I, I had a coaching call with my client yesterday and they were saying, so this client is, is a lawyer and they've got um, a couple of exciting things coming up with work, but they know that they're most likely going to be 70% pushing towards work over the next few months. So mm-hmm. they know that their sacrifice they're going to make is that the results aren't going to be great as what they would like them to be because they won't have time to do X amount of steps. However, they're still realizing that they're going to give that 20, 30% to fitness. They're going to make sure they still hit their sessions. They're still going to make sure they do this because they know that is going to help them still perform at their best. And as you said, it's consistently good, not, uh, not um, or consistently good, not occasionally, whatever, perfect, great, whatever. It's so important to look at that and realize how, you know, important it is just to make sure that you are, or you do keep a level of consistency with it all. Yeah, 100%. As a dad in general, you know, I think or books that I've read have been like things like The Way of the Superior Man, which I think absolutely changed my life. And I've sent that out to a lot of um, my clients. Have you read that? Yeah, read it. Great book. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Do you think that helped? Do you think reading stuff like that just helped you understand, okay, this is who I want to be as a man for your children? Yeah, 100%. Like I'm big into personal development and just listening and educating because, again, I think for guys... It is, yeah, if you're an ambitious guy, uh, I know you're talking about the the lawyer client that you had a, a call with, it, it's quite hard as a guy because you've got this ambition, you've got all these different kind of instincts where you want to go out, you want to succeed, but you want to provide. So I think when you read in books like that and surround yourself, I think being a guy can be a lonely place, especially being a high-performing guy because it can feel, yeah, it can feel lonely. So I think reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, all the stuff that we're into – can be really, really helpful. It gives you a different perspective and it makes you realise, I think a lot of things that have helped me is like, it's okay to feel the way that you do and to mm-hmm. have these conflicts and feelings where you want to be an alpha and you want to like go and dominate, but then you also want to be a kind and empathetic dad and just harnessing your kind of like power as a bloke. So yeah, that was a really, really good book. Yeah. It's a lot of back and forth and it is a struggle. And you said sometimes it can be really lonely, especially when you're maybe not surrounded by the people who are in a similar position to you. And I, th- I think there's one good thing about how what we do with our coaching is that, like, for example, the guys will be immersed in the experience with other guys who have that same feeling. And even if they don't really talk that much together, you're still surrounded more by people who are performing at a higher level and really pushing themselves. 
you know, something so simple for us when we we met up at an event, which is probably about a month, month and a half ago. And it's just the power of that, you know, we can come together, we can have a chat, we can, you know, it just feels as if we've known each other for a long time because we are pushing for the, or driving for the same things. And I think with a lot of dads and a lot of just men in general, they struggle because they maybe feel lonely. They're the only ones who feel like they've got this these conflicting sort of um, battles going on. But you aren't alone. Um, and the best thing I'd say to you is try and find, whether it be a community, and a tribe, feel like getting involved to where you feel like part of something bigger than yourself, where their goals and what they're wanting to achieve is on path to what you want to do as well. So yeah, I agree with that. We chatted, obviously, kids, massive, massively important. Mm-hmm. In regards, though, to, so you've been performing at such a high level, you know, you've made sure that you're hitting gym sessions, you made sure that you're looking after your mindset. Well, what do you think that has done to your actual relationship with your partner? Because that's one thing that I think gets forgotten about. You're like, oh, the kids have got this, the kids have got that. But then the partner seems to be forgotten about. Well, how do you think you need to, number one, turn up to say your partner in regards to fit health and fitness and also then what's it done you know with your relationship if you don't mind me asking <laughs> yeah 100 percent. well i think that's the the tricky thing i think it's one thing like me and my wife sally you know before kids we were together and then obviously the kids take up the kind of main focal point so everything that we do is revolved around the kids so you know our relationship has changed it's grown there's been a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks. But again, I think it comes back to what we were talking about before. Like when you're looking after yourself and you're in a good place and you're achieving the things that you want to achieve and your standards are in a good place, your your energy is going to positively or negatively affect other people. So I think by me being generally the happiest I've ever been, it has a massive impact on me as a dad, on me as a husband. And yeah, I can generally say that I've got more challenges than ever, but I'm the happiest that I've ever been as well. So it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a positive impact and again it's a massive incentive to be the best husband that I can be to be the best that I can be um and a lot of that is supported by health fitness and all the stuff that we talked about I think it gives it gives a lot of purpose to how as well having all these little challenges thrown up at you because it's like you're constantly trying to solve all these problems which is a good thing and it's what we love to do we love to solve problems yeah um as a dad if you could just like bring it down to so say right now there's a dad out of shape, he's not feeling great, he's, you know, he wishes that he could be doing more with his children, you know, probably the relationship with his partner isn't going great, but he is, you know, he's struggling. So say, I know you mentioned two different types before about of like the different dads that would normally come to you, but if you could distinguish it down to three things or three pieces of advice you'd give to them to get started, what would they be? Mm-hmm. So I have to give three pieces of advice. First of all, it's, it's just to actually hire a coach, hire somebody that's going to be able to take away the guesswork for you, to create a roadmap, to meet you where you're at, somebody that's already got experience and somebody who is, you know, potentially dad. I always think that hire a coach that you know, like, and trust and somebody that you, you know, aspire to be or have certain traits that you look up to. So I'd say get the right help and support. I think that's absolutely key. Um, two is to, like, sit down and understand your reasons why like what is going to be the benefit to you being in shape how is it going to impact your life like imagine yourself running around with the physique that you want having the fitness you know playing football with your son having energy picking the kids up from school so really creating a crystal clear vision of what your life could look like 
whilst at the same time thinking, what's the cost of not taking action? What happens if you don't look after yourself? What happens if you don't invest into yourself? How could that negatively impact your relationship with, with your kids and the people around you? So it's kind of like focusing on the pain, but also focusing on the pleasure, hiring a coach. And then the third thing I'd probably say is, I'm not sure. I, th- I think even, I think patience is something that is overlooked. And I think that if you're a dad, you've got to realize that you're not, you know, some 20, 21 year old who can give a hundred percent every single day. You know, you can, you can go, you know, you can switch on the grind set as they'll say, and just go at it. You can't do that and understand that that's not possible as a, as a dad, or even if you aren't a dad, if you're, you know, a little bit older, you've got more work commitments, you've got maybe family commitments, you can't. So I think understanding that, you're in this for the long game and that this is for the rest of your life is, is a powerful tool and a powerful way to look at things because all of a sudden it's not pressure of, I need to be here an X amount of time. It's the fact of I'm going to get to where I want to be no matter what. And I think once you know that, and it's, you know, is what Simon Sinek says, it's playing the infinite game. Um, because no matter what, you're always going to be getting better and better and better. And when you look at it like that, and I think especially as a, for dads in a situation, is because otherwise I think a lot of pressure would be piled on. Yeah. Yeah. I think patience, like you said, is a really good point because it isn't a destination. And you, even if you get in shape, you'll realize that, yeah, there's other challenges that come up. So it's this ongoing process of, yeah, rather than chasing the destination, you know, focus on the person that you become in and how you respond to situations and that self-awareness of when things aren't going to plan, how quickly do you get back on track? So yeah, I think patience is definitely important, 100%. I, I love them three points. You know, the um, big one, and I think for men in general, we love clarity. Hiring a coach gives you clarity on exactly how to get to where you need to be. So that, as you said, it's that roadmap. In the, in the case of when you do come to a hire a coach, I think this is something that people don't think so much about. You've, I, I believe, and I know that you believe this as well, you can't coach someone from a place that you haven't been yourself. So if someone is, you know, you've got to look and be able to trust that person as well, but look at their journey, see where they've came from. For example, if you want to lose 50, 60 pounds, you maybe look at a journey like myself. You know, yeah. if, if you're a dad who's currently struggling, you know, right now, then you would look at, in Nick's case, you'd be like, okay, actually, um, Nick's got two kids. He's been, looks like he's thriving in life that's exactly who you want to be and who you want to aspire to be. So it's understanding that if you want to coach, be you be more specific because there's a lot of people out there where you'd message them and be like, oh, can you help me lose 50 pounds? And it's someone that has only ever gained muscle. And they'd be like, yeah, I can help you. But it's in the long term, they're not going to be able to give you what you need um, because there's a lot of, you know, for example, I brought you on this podcast because I want to even increase my knowledge and because I've, it's like I'm getting older. So a lot of my clients, uh, my clients and then having children. So I'm like, okay, I want to learn. I want to know how to deal with these situations. And as I said, it's always going to someone who's been there because um, they have the more experience from all of that. Then, yeah, you said, obviously the reason why, I think the reason why is just so important. And what you said here was actually really good, which I think a lot of people forget about with goals. Get crystal clear on a vision. Actually imagine yourself in that position. You mentioned before about Kieran, um, uh, the mindset coach. Remember he said to me, um, this is only a couple of months after Julian, and he was like, imagine like where you want to be in three months' time. And he's got us all to stand up 
we all closed our eyes we all imagined where we wanted to be and for the first time in my life I've never fully envisioned my goals before I've only just written them down because someone told me to so yeah. I was like, oh, what, what do you want to do I was like oh, I'll just write it down I want to be this I want to earn x I want to look like this but when he said I actually envisioned it and it was the most powerful tool most powerful thing I think I've ever done in my life I I opened my eyes after doing it and I was there was tears in my eyes and I was thinking bloody hell I was like it's literally like it's right in front of me and that was for within three months within the next month I was you know in what my VR was doing my vision I was out in Marbella on my balcony with my laptop loving life and I was like how the hell has this happened and I think it is and as soon as I as soon as I realized that I was like oh my god actually envisioning yourself and seeing yourself in that in them shoes actually makes you think it's so possible you know mm. um even done a thing where you you put you put your palm out and you imagine what the version of you would look like what you would dress like how you would you know wake up what you do in the mornings and just being able to see that is then going to allow you then to think okay actually this is possible I can now go and perform to do this um and ever since then, every single goal I set myself, I do take time. I just like basically like meditate and just think about exactly who I want to be. And as you said, get crystal clear on exactly who that is. And then as we we just discussed, I think the patience is, is then the biggest one to understand that, you know, you're not getting in shape for 12 weeks. You're getting in shape for the rest of your life. You want to still be able to perform at 60, 70, 80 years old for you, your children, Um I listened to a podcast recently with Arnold Schwarzenegger on the Daily Stoic. Incredible podcast. Listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, and I was thinking, you know, he's what, like mid-70s. And yeah. when you when you listen to him talk, he doesn't sound like a 70-year-old. Why? I think because he just looks after himself. He puts himself as a he makes himself the priority. And I think, you know, when but most of us look around, or maybe we've had our grandparents and we look at them and we're like, you know, we don't want to end up like, oh, yeah, self, do you want to end up like that? You know, many grandparents end up not being able to walk by the time they're 70. Most of them probably have passed away at that stage. Um, and I know it's a little bit deep to think about that, but I think always looking forward into the future because the consequences uh, and regrets that you don't want to have um, are probably going to be the biggest driver. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and like you said, when you look at someone like Arnie, they just they still got the ambition of like a 20, 30 year old. Like they're not residing into life. They they know what they want. So uh, yeah, I'm going to check out that podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's class. Nick, um, that was amazing. I think that's going to give a hell of a lot of value to men, but dads as well. Um, if there was one final point you would like to finish on, is there anything that you want to just say to them? No, I think we've covered quite a lot there. I think like we talked about understanding your why, um, having the right people around you. And then like you said, just being patient. It's like mm -hmm. you don't just brush your teeth once. You have to brush your teeth twice a day. You have to constantly keep working yourself. The journey never stops. And I think as soon as that hits home, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it and breathe it. But then all of a sudden, like there's no doubt, I have no doubt that you'll continue to be successful and continue to work on yourself. Yes, you'll go through challenges. Yes, you'll go through different phases. And it's the same for me. But I know that what you know, once you get that belief in your head, like the journey is just it's gonna continue. So you kind of you still have goals and aspirations, but you just know it's embedded. And I think that's something that's not talked about a lot in the fitness industry. It's it's kind of all about results and outcomes, but actually it's the person you're becoming. And it's the stuff that's not necessarily tangible, like how much 
you know, body fat you've lost, you know, it's it's the person that you've been coming along the way and just recognizing that it's a journey of ups and downs, but it's one that never stops. Yeah, I think I think as well, f- fitness is that gateway into that whole personal development journey and understand that you're going to become a new person and you're going to become that person that you always thought you could be. And I think that is unbelievably powerful. So fellas, get to work. As I always say, f- full steam ahead. Right. Thank you very much, Nick. My pleasure, buddy. Great to speak to you.